I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here with the author of 16 books, a 17th on its way. She's the subject of a documentary and, uh, and so much more. Uh, she is our host each and every week. Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I hope you are too. I am, and uh, uh, we're doing well here. And I was just telling you off, Mike, that uh, your state is the talk of the, the country. Even in my state of New York, we, we talk about your border situation and how it's being <laughs> yes. handled. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, A whole podcast on the border, on the, uh, the Operation Lone Star by Governor uh, Greg Abbott, which is a scandal, tens <laughs> uh, of dollars, and, and not stopping these people from coming at all, but cutting them up on wire, or else uh, some of them drowning because of the boys in the river uh, at the deepest point. So, um, so if they slip and, and fall, they can go under downstream at that point. So. Uh, it's all very inhumane, um, and I, I made that point uh, before, and I'm not going to talk about it except a slight mention um, today. So um, anyway, the, everybody in the country knows about our border at this point, and it is a, a terrible situation. There's no question, uh, but it's not being caused by us. It's being caused by um by gangs and, and failed governments in Latin America. And uh, it's a puzzlement to me what, what can be done about it because we can't invade those countries. Uh, we've proved in Vietnam and Afghanistan that um, government change by force, outside force, simply doesn't work. Uh, so uh, we, uh, we simply can't violate those nations' sovereignty. But I don't know what we can do. Anyway, I'm going to lay out the situation. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, of uh, what's happening at the border, beginning with, uh, with the border from our point of view and going on from there. Hang on while I get myself situated here. Yeah, well, Tia, listen, take your time. Uh, it's quite a subject, a very heavy subject and uh, polarizing subject. And, um, you know, not only uh, does your governor not have sympathy for the people that are, are dealing with it, but he's booby-trapping them. And uh, yeah, right. it amazes me. amazes me every, every day. That's right. Okay, well, we'll uh, I'll begin with um, what we saw last night. Uh, last night's uh, debate, Republican debate, debate. Uh, for for uh, uh, becoming the presidential nominee for, of the GOP, uh, focused mainly on the situation at our southern border, uh, because most of the candidates put the entire blame on President Biden, uh, which is an obvious thing to do since they all want to replace him. But what is the actual situation down there? Uh, the Border Patrol has been logging, uh, l last week was logging 
uh, 5,000 migrants per day. It's increased this week to 8,000 migrant crossings or more um, every day this week. And it's the worst possible time for a government shutdown. And one of our representatives, Democrat Henry Cuellar of Laredo, uh, whose district includes part of San Antonio, where I am, uh, said last Friday that the Border Patrol is worried about what a shutdown would mean at this moment when the rush of migrants has overwhelmed shelters in San Antonio and El Paso and has forced closure of at least three international bridges, two of them leading into Eagle Pass, and pushed the Defense Department to send 800 additional troops. A shutdown is increasingly likely, unfortunately, with a, a geo-controlled taking hostage uh, by this small group of MAGA representatives. And meanwhile, um, 6,000 uh, of the migrants arrived in San Antonio uh, during this last week uh, looking for shelter in facilities that were already full and overfilled. Uh, we see people uh, sleeping under our traffic bridges these days. Um, in a way, it's fortunate that we're in, in a severe drought and we have had no rain. Uh, so uh, the bridge... <laughs> the bridges, at least, are keeping the sun off of them. Yeah. And Cuellar said that uh, there more people are constantly arriving since 80,000 migrants passed through Panama's Darien Gap in August and 50,000 more by last Friday. Uh, that's 130,000 people by last Friday, plus at least 8,000 more per day since Friday making the total somewhere around 40,000 more, and the grand total uh, to, to 120,000 people in two weeks, not quite two weeks. So um, the Border Patrol agents um, are essential employees, so they would have to keep working during a shutdown with no pay. And the shutdown would also close uh, detention facilities and processing centers and Cuellar asks, what do they do then? Start releasing people? Oh. And I'm wondering, too. Uh, Mayor Rolando Salinas of Eagle Pass issued a disaster declaration last week, and that was probably on the national news, too, and granted permission it was. for Texas. Yeah. And granted uh, permission for Texas troopers to arrest migrants anywhere, including a public park along the Rio Grande. Um, and Charles, uh, uh, Mayor, uh, I'm sorry, Mayor Salinas blames the Biden administration's handling of the situation, saying he hasn't heard from anybody in the administration since this boom began. And I'm quoting him, we're here abandoned. We're on the border. We're asking for help, unquote. He's, he, the poor man sounds totally desperate. And I'm in his position, I would be too. So that's the situation from the border's point of view. And um, I spent, uh, as I just said, I spent the full hour a couple of weeks ago talking about Governor Greg, Greg Ab Abbott's Operation Lone Star with its miles of razor wire on the shore of the river 
and then the thousand foot orange boys embellished with knives in the river itself to discourage migrants from half swimming across. But clearly those deterrents have had absolutely no effect on the rush of people. The question remains, where do all these people come from and why the sudden incomprehensible increase in the mass of humanity moving north to the promised land? The answer is the smuggling industry has gotten finally into gear. They realized that they could make a fortune off the hordes of people fleeing danger and depression at home, and they have organized them. And here now is the view from the other side. The hordes of people have caused one border crossing to close altogether and forced Mexico's largest railroad to suspend dozens of freight trains. Why? Because of an unbroken chain of mainly Venezuelan migrants that are being uh, shunted through uh, from Colombia, Colombia that is, into Panama through the Darien Gap jungle. The numbers could easily exceed 500,000 by the end of the year, and I think that's a, a, an underestimate. Yes, I agree. On, the, on arrival in Mexico, the migrants hop onto passing freight trains, uh, some, some trains while still running. Uh, and the town where they gather is called Huehuetoca. And uh, they arrive at the rate of 3,500 daily, and that is the number of people who can fit into the smugglers' camps on any one day. So an, a network of smuggler guides then rushes them through the jungle. Uh, the fastest walkers make the crossing in three days and that normally would take a week. The Darien Gap, which is the jungle stretch, is dominated by Colombia paramilitary groups who charge each migrant $350, which is a cut rate that encourages more people to leave their town countries since the cost is usually well over $1,000. Part of the funds go to Panamanian gangs to grease the smooth functioning of the plan. The smugglers can now get migrants from Venezuela to central Me Mexico in only a little over two weeks, a trip that once took months. The faster the move, the more people processed and the more money made. One migrant, Javier Ferreira, said, and I quote him, this is not going to stop until they put a stop to the mafia in Necocli, which is a town in Colombia, unquote. The migrants are in constant danger of being preyed upon by corrupt officials, gangs, thieves, and sexual predators. At least a half dozen migrants reported seeing dead bodies decomposing along the way in the jungle. A woman and her newborn baby, a young couple, and an older heavyset man, for example. They're continuing progress through Panama Costa Rica and Nicaragua is less dangerous, the migrants say, but upon arriving in Guatemala, they report sexual and other abuse by Guatemalan police. But once they arrive in Mexico, in Mexico, um, they confront perhaps the most dangerous part 
hopping aboard a freight train to reach the north without paying. This has for a long time been the primary means of crossing Mexico from the south to north. This method of travel has been named La Bestia by the, by the migrants, the beast. Mm. They board when the train has stopped to switch tracks, but sometimes they run and vault on the train while it is moving, an exceedingly dangerous maneuver. Then they crouch on the more or less level top of the freight car, holding onto ladders and railings that offer handholds. But sometimes they ride on tank cars that have no such holds. They're in danger uh, in either case of being jostled off or falling asleep and falling to their deaths. Federal Mex, the largest railroad in Mexico, halted 60 freight trains because so many migrants had climbed aboard that it was unsafe to move the cars. Migrants, especially families with children, try to avoid the trains, making money by selling snacks in the streets or washing car windows. With the proceeds, they uh, buy uh, bus tickets. Uh, and, and take, uh, take, they buy tickets and take the bus to the border. However, Mexican police and immigration officials frequently pull migrants off buses saying they lack proper papers. Uh, so uh, they can be sunk either way. They're at least not killed by riding the buses. But despite the thousand mile trek from Venezuela, Despite the abuse and hardships, hundreds of thousands have successfully crossed to the Rio Grande and crawled under the razor wire to solid ground in the United States. And that is the viewpoint now from down there. And what next? Okay, next we'll look at, uh, at our government, at our Congress. What is it doing? The GOP is now seizing the opportunity to demand that any funding bill to stop the shutdown of the government include border security measures. The short-term spending bill that the Senate is working on is a non-starter, Kevin McCarthy says, because it doesn't include new border measures. The Senate bill would continue funding the government at current levels until November. Big deal, right? As Congress works to pass annual spending packages. The House MAGA Republicans want to resume construction of the wall, which has been so very effective and so incredibly expensive. Uh, and they want to continue Trump era measures, including remain in Mexico. They will accept nothing less, and therefore, a government shutdown is all the more likely. The Senate supported a bill, which was supported, also supported by 30 Republicans, including Senator John Cornyn of Texas, that would continue current spending levels at the border, which funded three, 300 new Border Patrol agents this year, and included eight, $800 million dollars uh, in emergency management funding for border, for border communities and other cities where migrants end up. Uh, but of course, Ted Cruz <laughs> opposed the bill. 
This is why the, the mayor of Eagle Pass has received no help from the U.S. government. Republicans have blocked the bill and Biden gets the blame. Amazing. So uh, returning to, uh, to Democratic uh, uh, Representative Henry Cuellar of Laredo, Texas, uh, who has warned that shutting down the government would come at just the wrong time because of the thousands of migrants crossing daily into the, our country. Uh, deputy, uh, he didn't say the, uh, this, uh, this quote I'm going to uh, use right now. Uh, it comes from Deputy White House Press Secretary, Secretary uh, Andrew Bates, who wrote in a memo, and I'm quoting him, uh, an extreme House Republican shutdown would impose enormous costs on the Border Patrol agents whose positions they want to eliminate, including forcing thousands of law enforcement officers to work without getting paid, unquote. Republican hardliners like Chip Roy of Austin have, have sought for months uh, to tie government funding to a sweeping border security package that the House actually passed earlier this year. Uh, the border wall construction would resume. Trump rules regarding asylum would be renewed, blocking most applicants from being granted asylum. Remain in Mexico would be reinstated. And a, a Democrat, uh, Veronica Escobar, she's a, also a House of Representative member, um, and she uh, represents El Paso. She slammed the bill, and I love, love this quote, as, quote, catering to the party's most warped values by jailing children <laughs> and families and extinguishing asylum, unquote. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. The bill has gone nowhere in the Senate, thank God. Uh, Roy, uh, Chip Roy, this is uh, the Republican representative from Austin. Uh, of all places, Austin is the, the most liberal uh, city in, in Texas, but its representative is one of the most uh, MAGA of yeah. Republicans. Uh, Roy has said that if McCarthy cut a deal with Democrats to pass a funding bill without border measures, it will, and this is another uh, magnificent quote, but in the negative sense, um, if it uh, were uh, uh, if it were attempted without border measures, quote, it would be World War Three within the Republican oh, Party. Oh, wow! It would mean McCarthy's removal from the speakership. Wow! And what next? Well, next comes last night's second GOP debate among presidential candidates. Missing, of course, Trump, who, who didn't deign to attend. Uh, and he seems to be, uh, he, he thinks he is in any case, and he certainly may be if the Republican Party doesn't change. Uh, he will be a shoe-in as a Republican nominee. Uh, if the 14th Amendment isn't invoked, if he isn't jailed, but even then he might be a shoe-in for the Republican nominee. Law and order seems uh, to mean nothing to the law and order party. Uh, so here, here we come with a summary of last night's debate. 
Tim Scott, who was the person opening uh, the the candidate, I should say, uh, uh, the debater opening uh, the the, uh, the entire program, said, and I quote, "Joe Biden should not be on the picket line." He should be on the southern border, working to close our southern border, border because it is unsafe, wide open, and insecure, unquote. And mm. quote again, every county in America is now a border county, unquote. And Biden should finish Trump's border wall, uh, unquote. Uh, and now we've got, uh, we've got the uh, entire... Uh, MAGA attitude towards the situation in in uh, two or three uh, sentences. And then Vivek Ramaswamy said he would militarize the U.S. border with Mexico. And Governor Ron DeSantis again proposed to deploy American special forces into Mexico to attack cartels, um, ignoring Mexican sovereignty, of course, and ignoring the fact that all but a few hundred of the thousands of migrants are pe people fleeing oppression, not drug cartels. Then there's Chris Christie, who said he would send the U.S. National Guard to the border on day one of his presidency to stop human smuggling. And Nikki Haley called for stopping federal funds to so-called sanctuary cities. <clears throat> And she blamed Biden for waving the green flag to migrants uh, by relaxing the anti uh, 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 the anti asylum uh, measures, the Trump measures. Uh, but what strikes me most about uh, Nikki's uh, uh, proposal was to stop federal funding to sanctuary cities, uh, which would be a disaster because I'm sure that Governors uh, DeSantis and uh, and Greg Abbott would not stop sending uh, busloads of immigrants to those cities, whether they had any funding or not. So I think it would be a disaster for, uh, for New York and Chicago, uh, not to mention a few other cities who are, uh, Demo who are Democratic uh, majorities and who have been accepting uh, these migrants and, and uh, taking care of them. But anyway, so that was what the proposals were, uh, which I think were very feeble. Um, they were to be expected, but there was nothing particularly new in anyone except perhaps Vicky, Nikki Haley's. Mm. <laughs> uh, so the Biden administration did extend temporary protective status to Venezuelans who were in the United States before August 1st, <clears throat> allowing up to 400,000 migrants to apply for temporary permits. <clears throat> and that was under pressure from uh, mayors of the cities like New York and Chicago, where migrants have put a strain on city services. So. Gregory Chen, who is the Senior Director of Government Relations for the American Immigration Lawyers Association, sums up the situation. The constant drumbeat of right-wing talking points that the border is open may actually be encouraging more people to try to make the dangerous journey through Mexico to get to that southern border. 
and I'm quoting him here, the striking effect of that is it sends a message that smugglers capitalize on, unquote. And that was a thought that never occurred to me, hmm. that that drumbeat of open border, open border would cause people to think, well, I might as well give it a try. Yeah. If it's open, I'll just walk across. Uh, so the Biden, uh, Biden administration officials remind us that they have sent 800 new active duty military personnel to the border to assist in handling the influx of migrants, which is, of course, tiny by, by comparison to the number of the migrants, 800 people versus, uh, versus 100,000. Uh, they argue that Republicans in Congress have failed to fund the resources that Biden has already requested to manage the border. And uh, this is uh, a White House official speaking now, I'm quoting. President Biden recently called for a $4 billion, for $4 billion in his supplemental funding request to address the immediate needs of the Department of Homeland Security to safely and humanely manage the Southwest border. But House Republicans aren't acting on it. They have proposed a spending plan that would eliminate, would eliminate 800 Customs and Border Protection agents and officers, that same official said. And Kevin Munoz, who is a spokesperson for President Biden's uh, 2024 campaign, said, and I'm quoting, if MAGA Republicans actually cared about securing our border, they would not stand with House Republicans, um, without House Republicans' proposed devastating cuts to border security that would eliminate hundreds of staff and surge thousands of pounds of drugs into the country. The 2024 MAGA GOP hopefuls are campaigning on the same failed, uh, tired policies and political stunts that threw America's immigration system into chaos, cruelty, and confusion under Donald Trump's watch, unquote. Chris Christie has been called out or had been called out in 2020 for supporting a pathway to citizenship for unlawful immigrants. He's re he has reversed his position under pressure. Now he says, our laws are being broken every day at the southern border, and Joe Biden is doing nothing about it, unquote. However, he left an opening for new arrivals to find a place in the U.S. workforce. And this he said last night, we want you here in this country to fill the six million vacant jobs we have, but only if you follow the law and only if you come here legally, unquote. So Christie and his fellow candidates didn't mention that most of the legal pathways have been underfunded and clamped down by Congress and that fixing the situation would require reforming the immigration system itself. That is a project that has confounded Republicans and Democrats alike for decades now, and it's one more of the Republican, uh, and I'm sorry, and it's one, one, none of the Republican candidates on stage Wednesday, Wednesday night chose to address. 
And so uh, I sum up this entire presentation by saying once again, and now what next? Amazing. I, look, I, if, you, if you think about what the Republican candidate said last night and the fact that Chris Christie um, retracted some of his, or his early, earlier statements, uh, you know, going back even a couple of years, what it will tell you is, uh, is that the, the polling, the Republican polling, is, uh, is, is anti-Mexican, uh, anti anti-immigrant, um, anti-open uh, border, anti-anything you know, along with this, because these people are not thinking for themselves. They're, they're going off of polling. So they need to play to the, uh, the harshest, uh, you know, it was an interesting quote uh, from, uh, from one of the representatives about the, the, the most warped uh, side of the, uh, or whatever, I'm paraphrasing, but the most warped side of, uh, of their party. And mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the statement that the, the Republican uh, out of Austin, it's shocking that, uh, that somebody that, that right wing could, could win in a, in a city like Austin in a district um, that has Austin in it, um, that, uh, th- that this would be uh, World War Three if, uh, if Kevin McCarthy uh, was to do this and, uh, and he would lose his speakership. The fact that he would say that openly, openly mm-hmm. uh, lets you know where the support is from the extreme right. Um, it's the, the fact that he would threaten Kevin McCarthy openly like that probably indicates that Kevin McCarthy um, may or may, you know, may very well have been swayed to lessen some of the stances on on there. That was that was the right wing threatening Kevin McCarthy, uh, uh, McCarthy um, that if he does anything, anything that yes. uh, that he's going to lose the support of, you know, crazies like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's who, mm-hmm. who to me is just she's borderline uh, unstable, uh, if not completely unstable. Um, and some of her stances, some of her positions are are not just right wing. They're just they're, they're completely off, um, mm-hmm. you know, off the wall. So when you uh, when when you sum up uh, what what next is your question? Um, Republican stances aren't going to to move unless those polls change, unless they show. If you start seeing changes. In uh, or softening towards the uh, the immigrants, that means that the poll uh, the polling changed. But as long mm-hmm. as that right wing put Kevin McCarthy in, uh, he made a deal with the devil. Kevin McCarthy. Yes, he did. He made yes, a deal with did. the devil, and uh, and now it's time to pay. Yep. Unfortunately for everybody, <laughs> yes, yep. he was. He he wanted power. He was so eager for power that he made the pact with the devil, as you say. Uh, the problem is that he has no power. He, he has the name of speaker, but he is a slave to uh, the MAGA Republican wing and uh, is doing their bidding um, right down the line. Uh, and I find that pathetic. Well, he has a choice. You know, some people would say he has no choice. He has a choice. He, I, he could have turned down being speaker 
Um, yes. You know, what did he have? Seven, you know, seven attempts at it or more? No, there 12? were 15. Oh, 15, 15 right? 15 attempts, yeah. Which means he <laughs> desperately did not want to make a deal with them, but he ultimately sold his soul. Uh, well, it wasn't that he desperately didn't want to deal with them. He he went uh, underwent these 17 or 15 votes because he was so desperate to be the speaker. He would undergo yep. any kind of humiliation in order to get that job, even at the cost of selling his soul to the MAGA wing of the Republicans. And uh, and he's paying for that. He's, he's being humiliated by them, but dragging, dragged through the mud, shown to be a coward. Uh, I, I just don't understand uh, how he can stand the situation and stand himself. You know, I, I, I've never been a, uh, a Mitch McConnell, and this is putting it lightly, I've never been a, a Mitch McConnell fan uh, myself, but he has more... Uh, more of a control over what he's doing, um, yes. you know, than uh, than what uh, what Ma uh, McCarthy has. Um, but at the same time, if you put these two on a lie detector test and ask them what they thought of uh, former President Trump, um, the word hate would have to come out if they want to lie. They cannot stand it. Uh, McCarthy yeah. cannot stand being humiliated like this, and he's he's a hostage. He's a hostage. I used to say that. That the first lady, Melania Trump, look, reminded me her look, her demeanor reminded me of a hostage, you know, like mm -hmm. she, you know, she had, um, she didn't want to be there. She desperately didn't, wanted nothing to do with this job, but she, she hung in there, maybe for the sake of Baron, maybe for the, the sake of, uh, marriage, whatever, whatever that meant, you know, whatever that means in the Trump world. Right. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> and you know, and who am I to? question anybody's marriage but i mean you know they are public figures and and you know we we can make our judgments but it um she looked like a hostage kevin mccarthy is a hostage and it's it's yes, being it's being uh shown every single day especially around uh hot button issues like this exactly yes uh yeah you can see it in his face uh, that that he's just being manipulated, he's, he's sort of uh, has a shocked look on his face most of the time, uh, as as if he is actually not in control of his own words and actions, which he is truly not. He's right yeah. in that. Um, I, I pity the man. I pity the man for being as so blindly ambitious and power-hungry that he would undergo this sort of thing. Uh, which is exactly the opposite of what he was hoping for. He was hoping to be able to stand up there and to be um, a another Pelosi, uh, everybody admiring him and, uh, uh, and looking up to him as the Speaker of the House, who is the third most important uh, official in the, in the government because he will succeed the president if the president and the vice president uh, are out of the picture. Then it's the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, so this man, this puppet, this slave, um, is the third most important man in the country. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And and it's uh, there's nowhere you know 
There, there was a, a quote, and I've, I may have used it before, forgive me. There was a quote by, by uh, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, um, uh, you know, famous Texan, and uh, mm -hmm. it was about Vietnam, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said it's, it's like hitchhiking in a Texas hailstorm. There's uh, nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. And my God almighty, I just can't make it stop. And I, I've always found that frightening that an American president could say that because he could have stopped at any time. He could have said, mm -hmm. declared victory and, and pulled out. He could have made uh, new parameters. Uh, this is what, what our goals are. Reach those parameters and pulled out. But uh, he wasn't powerless. He, he felt like he was powerless. And, and I got to think about uh, McCarthy in the same, in the same sense that uh, he, yeah. he must feel the same way that Johnson felt. And he doesn't have to feel that way. Uh, he can do something uh, about it, um, but he would, lose his, <laughs> he would lose his speakership. I mean, but somewhere along the line, you know, I imagine pride has to come in or, um, or, or some sense of duty would have to come in. And you're not going to let the, you're not going to let the, the uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens, the what is it, MTGs of the world, um, you know, <laughs> run the country. And and she basically is, she is basically running the country or, or aspect, a big aspect of the country with a very yeah. small population, but enough of a population in the in the Republican Party that uh, that controls uh, uh, the whole shebang. I've. Uh, I've never seen, well, I mean, it, this has happened before, but I've never seen anybody with her mental uh, deficiencies, her emotional deficiencies, uh, have this kind of power with such little, uh, with, with such little support. She just has enough support to control um, McCarthy, and that's all she needs. But she's that's right. She's running mm -hmm. the, the show with her, with her, you know, uh, some of her crazy colleagues. Uh, and and I yes. mean, they are, you know, they are meant, she is mentally disturbed in my mind. I mean, she is, uh, I don't think I'm overstating it. It's not just a difference of opinions. I'm, I'm an independent. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not, a, I'm not a Republican. I'm, uh, I'm an independent. Um, but this woman to me is, is somebody who's, who's mentally, emotionally disturbed. Yeah. Well, uh, your opinion means all the more. Uh, I, of course, fully agree with you, but as someone looking from a more objective stance, uh, coming to the same conclusion, I think that means uh, a lot more about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, by the way, uh, the fact that nothing is being done to help Eagle Pass is her fault, because she is stopping our federal government from, uh, from doing anything uh, to help the situation right now because uh, the, the attention is on not shutting down the government and we're galloping as fast as possible towards a shutdown of the government which would mean that everything at the border would go to hell whatever little thing is being done at the border right now which is too too little and too late um, and if, uh, in the meantime, the smugglers are making billions of dollars off of these people who are paying them $350 a, a head uh, to get up here uh, among thousands of people uh, lining, lining the Rio Grande at the moment. 
the situation is just unheard of and, and unbelievable. Yeah. But there it is. Well, there let's... it is. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is halting any true effort to ameliorate the situation. It is a, it, it is an insane asylum. If you ask yes. me, it's uh, a. Yeah. That world is an insane asylum, and um, it's uh, and obviously the inmates uh, are running the show, and yes, and <laughs> it, it's I, I I just I I don't even know what to say, and uh, but all of those, every single one of those um, Republicans on that stage, everyone who said what they said about the border, I and again I'm not. You know, even passing judgment. What I'm, I'm making a blanket statement. They are reacting to how the Republican uh, base, or what they believe the Republican base in a uh, in a primary is going to respond. That primaries usually bring out bring out the extremes. A Democratic um, primary will bring out the extreme left, and you have to uh, cater to them. And a Republican uh, primary will uh, will bring out the extreme right. And you have to cater to them. If you don't, um, you're not going to have success. And, um, I, you know, I, I would think that like a Tim Scott would be like the most reasonable of uh, of the bat one of, you know, the most maybe the Nikki Haley in some way out of that that crew. And I'm not saying it's an all star team. It's certainly isn't by any means. But um, none of them are going catching any anywhere up to Trump. Um, because Trump owns that uh, that that base, and that base is not going anywhere but Trump, and um, and it's it's not like even if they even if they all got out and just got behind DeSantis or got behind um, it it looks as though unless the Fourteenth Amendment um, plays into this, it looks as though their candidate under all circumstances are going to be uh, Donald Trump. And if uh, if Donald Trump's there, that these people at best are playing for cabinet positions or second place, uh, the, you know, to be the um, to, to be the vice presidential candidate. And we know uh, even without seeing the polls, just by their answers, I can tell you what the polling <laughs> says in the Republican primary uh, polls. Um, it's uh, they're responding to it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yes, reacting to it. Yeah, yeah and, and it makes no sense, uh, really, to blame the situation, uh, which is caused by the uh, the organized smuggling um, mafia in Colombia. Um, uh, it makes no sense to blame that all on Biden. No, <laughs> there are hundreds, hundreds of thousands of, of uh, migrants lining the border of the Rio Grande because Biden did it. Yeah, I mean, come on, come yep. on. Well, listen, you have, uh, they're doing that. Uh, they're doing that because they're responding to to polling. Anybody that yep. stands up on a Republican stage and and doesn't slam Biden uh, is basically, uh, you know, basically committing political suicide. Uh, mm -hmm. They need Apparently. to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, a yes. you know Biden's numbers, uh, you know, in general are not uh, are not strong. In the uh, you know maybe head to head to to Trump they'll be strong but um, if you if you poll within the Republican Party and you ask what do you think of uh, President Biden forget it I mean you're gonna have your, your numbers are gonna be there but uh, the 
these people are slaves to the Poles. And, you know, you could say, well, why doesn't one of them have the courage to just stand up and, and, and say what they really feel or say what, what makes more sense? And, and the truth of the matter is uh, that it's political suicide for them to do so. Uh, it, mm -hmm. it has to be or they would be doing it. There's nothing showing yeah. in their polls that uh, that points to any kind of compromise or any kind of uh, any kind of bipartisanship. It's it's extremism now in the uh, Republican primary. Uh, yeah, it's sad. Uh, only Mitt Rom Romney stood up and and said it, <laughs> but of course he's not a candidate anymore. No. <laughs> and and I, I don't know what he would uh, how he would fare in the uh, as a Republican candidate in these primaries. I. Uh, you know, maybe he would get the Lincoln um, Republicans, you know, that uh, that group. But I think they're even holding out to, uh, to see whoever it is to go to uh, to go to the best of their, um, uh, you know, best chances of beating Trump. Because the Lincolns um, that are out there are basically just saying uh, just saying we cannot um, we uh, we cannot support Trump and we'll go. Uh, will go completely with anybody that is, uh, uh, you know, completely anybody who is not um, uh, is not Donald Trump. That's where we're going. And uh, and the problem there is nobody's emerging uh, and they're going to wait and they're going to play it out. And, you know, might, you might see. And again, this is a conversation for another day. But you we may very well see a, a th third party um, emerge out of the uh, out of the Republican Party. That uh, mm -hmm. that is anybody but Trump, ABT, and um, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and that'll secure uh, for either Biden or Gavin Newsom or or whoever the the Democrat may be. So um, there there are there is a theory, and again this is a conversation for another day as well. But there is a, a theory from um, from anti-Trumpers or pro-Biden, pro-Democrats that say uh, go Trump go. Uh, because if he gets in there, um, that that he would be easy pickings for uh, for any Democrat, including Biden, who uh, you know who got millions and millions of more votes than than Trump la did last time. If they're going to run on their on their records, um, I don't know. I just think that uh, that uh, uh, the former President Trump against the current President Biden. Um, millions and millions of people are going to come out in, in droves to vote against Trump. I don't know that millions yeah. of people are going to come out to vote against Biden. Those are the, the you know, the core Republicans already that uh, that are going to vote. And those people are already accounted for in any kind of uh, any kind of speculation. Uh, but uh, what's not accounted for are are people that are uh, have never voted uh, before that hate Trump and may register or may may sign up just to um, just to vote against Trump. Um, and That's yeah, right. I think Gen Gen Z Generation Z is probably um, pretty solidly anti-Trump, and they're going to be voting this time. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, Doc, listen, great job as always. Um, the uh, the the uh, future looks. I don't know, uh, bleak <laughs> when you uh, when you think of it. If Marjorie Taylor Greene is um, is anywhere near power, um, <laughs> it, you yeah. know, it, the the future is not uh, it, it is not good. Um, 
but anyway, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, a lot more to come, and all kinds of things could happen. And one of these days, um, it, there's going to be a serious look at the 14th Amendment, and that might be the game changer. Yes, it could be. It certainly would be the solution right there, yeah. like an axe an blow. Uh, but I don't know whether anybody has the courage to invoke it. Uh, we shall see. Yeah, okay, Doc. Thank you very much. And to everybody, we thank you all uh, very much for tuning in each and every week. Uh, you have a lot of choices and options, we know. But uh, we'll see you all next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.